And I'm trying to begin in the right place so that I end on time. Um, this is the first... Well, we'll see how we do. We'll just kind of jump in. Um, this woman in a crowd. My goodness, how lucky is your mom? How blessed. Oh my gosh, like any mom would be so privileged to be your mom. And at first glance, our Lord's response, I don't know, what would, what would your response be like? How lucky is your mom? Well, if you knew what she went through when I was growing up. And Jesus could say, well, yes, she sure is lucky, isn't she? Had that perfect son of hers. Not a single outburst. I'm so good. She was so lucky indeed. I want to suggest, for what it's worth, like, sometimes we don't understand his, his, his response. And this is actually a, a Luke's version in Matthew. The question is, um, he actually responds, who is my mother and my brothers? And it's, it's like, at first glance, you're like, well, is he kind of like disdaining Mary? Is he like kind of dissing her and distancing himself from her? And you can maybe read it that way at first and, and like, well, rather, not my mom, but everybody, guys. You guys are all, you're here, you're all blessed. And there's truth there too, but I, I just want to, don't, don't miss the, the subtlety here. Yes, indeed, blessed are all those who, like her, hear the word of God and observe it. So, in a sense, Mary was always like, she's one of us, and she has, has kind of led the way that we all are called to follow behind her son, our Lord Jesus Christ. And he doesn't diss her, but she's the first to be, she's very humble. She's like, again, when she's praised, she lifts up the, the praise to the Lord. Blessed my, my soul magnifies the Lord. Don't thank me. He did so much for me. And yes, all generations will call me blessed. Which is where Jesus says, indeed, blessed is she and all those who like her observe the word of God and fulfill it. Elizabeth said of Mary, how blessed are you who heard the word spoken to you by the Lord and believed and did and came to visit because you heard that I was conceiving in my old age. You came because you believed and acted on that. That's exactly what our Lord is praising. In his mother and in all of us who, tried, who strive to follow after him. Blessed are those who hear the word and observe it, do it. Jesus would sometimes complain that the one who hears his word and doesn't live accordingly is like the one who builds on sand and nothing lasts. It just is as soon as temptation or trial or confusion comes, all that structure of listening to my word, it falls apart because you didn't do it. You didn't live according to what you heard. So blessed are those who hear the word of God and observe it. And I just want to focus on these two qualities of hearing and doing. Hearing and responding. Listening and responding. Which kind of touches on the first reading a little bit. Um, listening. In order to listen, you have to be like in a habitual disposition to hear, to receive. There's a receptivity and a disposition of receptivity that we want to cultivate. We could talk about this as if you want, like, my habits of prayer. Am I cultivating that, that inner disposition? Am I always talking, always active? My wife tries to get my attention. My kids are pulling on my clothes. Hey, Daddy, come play with me. And I'm too busy. And when God speaks, I'm not able to hear. 
So blessed are you first if you hear the word of God, if you don't miss it, if you're attentive to receive it when it comes. And God speaks all the time in so many languages and ways of getting our attention. But blessed are we when we are able to listen, to receive it. That habit of prayer that we want to cultivate, cultivate that inner silence that is so lacking in today's culture. We'll come back to this, but cell phones very much are a major obstacle to this first step. Blessed are you who hear the word of God. I can't even do that, much less observe it and act on it. I can't even hear it. But we want to have that attentive, listening, discerning disposition. So that when things happen within me, around me, in prayer moments, in work moments, in all that I'm doing, I'm always discerning, Lord, are you speaking to me? Lord, is this you speaking to me? Because I don't want to miss a word that you might say to me. Blessed are you who hear every word of God. And then observe it. Do it. And I want to touch on the first reading because St. Paul makes an interesting analogy and he's talking about the old law, the Torah, and especially circumcision. When you understand this whole first reading in terms of the Gentiles were struggling because the early Jewish converts were saying, well, they have to be circumcised in order to follow Jesus and win salvation in Jesus and receive the promises made to Abraham. And if you're a 25, 30-year-old Gentile, oh my goodness, this message of Jesus is so good. I'm happy to be circumcised. No problem. I'll go first. It was a real problem for the early church. It really was. It was one of the first authoritative decisions the church made without the physical guidance of Jesus, but the Spirit guided the church to make this decision, this decision and this real change in what it means to receive God's promises. Who can receive? So St. Paul, just quickly before I get into this, St. Paul is really distinguishing, um, even here he says, that through faith in Jesus Christ, not by your circumcision and your blood genealogy to Abraham, but through faith in Jesus Christ, through that faith that brings you to baptism. That's the new circumcision. In that way, the promise might be given to those who believe, not just the Jewish race of those who are circumcised and literally share in the biology and blood of Abraham. It's open to everyone. Through faith, in Jesus Christ, which always, for, for St. Paul, all of us, it always goes hand in hand with that first choice to, I believe, I want to be baptized. But going deeper, because I think there is a lot to be said when he compares the old law to a disciplinarian, and now that we've become, we've walked into our, our sonship, our heir, our inheritance, we are children. We don't need the coach, the, the disciplinarian. We're sons of the king. I want to play with that a little bit, a little, and shift it perhaps, but because, you know, Clarity, like St. Paul called people to perhaps, yes, let go of some of the Old Testament laws, circumcision, etc. But you still enter a relationship and there are still rules in any relationship. There's still expectations. There's still discipline and disciplinarian elements. So watch this. Blessed are you who hear the word of God and can observe it. You have trained yourself. You've been trained to observe it. There's a ready response. There's a well-trained, well-tuned heart that when I hear God move in me, I recognize his voice, and it's not the voice of my passions, it's God's voice, and I move. The coach says, you're going to do the right hook, and I do it every time, right? I catch the ball every time. I don't fumble. I don't mess up. I'm trained. I'm disciplined myself. 
to do these things. That, that repetitive action that forms habits of virtue. To be able to do what I need to do when I hear the voice of God. Rules. The church's rules. You must come to Mass on Sunday. Check, I did it, I fulfilled a rule. Great job. The rule was meant to discipline and train you in love. Thou shalt not kill. Check, I haven't killed anybody. Well, that's the minimal. The rule is trying to train you to really care about your neighbor. Not just not hurt him, but actually love him. It's the, it, the rules of, of law, it's actually a philosophy of law, that part of the role of law is to teach away from sin, away from crime, away from bad behavior and, and uncivilized behavior towards civilized, a civilization of love. Aristotle would even say that the law really is for the vicious person who's such a corrupt heart, he can't be virtuous. But as you train yourself in virtue and grace, you don't need the law because you do it from within. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and observe it, and observe it from within. The life of Christ, the grace of Christ that I received in my baptism, I've so cultivated it that my response comes naturally. I almost don't need the church to tell me that I have to go to Mass on Sunday. I want to go to Mass whenever I can, at the very least on Sundays, because that's the day I remember His resurrection and His sacrifice for me. But the rule is there to train, to discipline, to help. When I start to live it from within and the Holy Spirit has free reign over my heart, my desires, my values, hashtag yesterday's talk, right? Values. Jesus would say the field has to be ready. You can't have the thorns and the shallow soil and all this other stuff that the seed can't take root. You have to do your part, and the rules are there to help us uproot the thorns. Fast on Fridays. I don't want to fast on Fridays. That's a stupid rule. Don't eat meat on Fridays. Well, why would you? Who cares about meat? Like, what's the big deal, church? Get over. Like, what's, do something to help uproot things in your behavior that make it hard. When you're always following your instincts, your passions, your desires, and you never say no, even when it's you know, perfectly legit to have meat on Fridays, there's no problem with that. But if you're always giving in, and you're never having a day when you don't give in, then you're not ready when our Lord calls you left, even though all your feelings and emotions and passions want to go right. You haven't trained yourself. You can hear the word of God. I know I shouldn't give in to this temptation. I'm looking at this stuff on the internet that I shouldn't be watching, but I'm too weak. And I can't observe it. I can hear it. Blessed are you. You heard it. Your conscience is well formed. Good job. But you couldn't turn away from sin. You were going to be blessed, but you didn't train. You didn't discipline your heart. There's a wisdom behind doing something once a week, the 40 days of Lent. There's a wisdom in those periods that are meant to be renewals of us. And you could probably understand all of the disciplines of the church, not as curses and burdens, but as when you walk, in, walk into a gym one day, just with your eyes open, we've built a room full of tortures. <laughs> What the heck? <laughs> we did it on purpose and we pay for it. That membership fee. Like, we know our own brokenness. 
We don't have to hide from it. The church very wisely understands the human heart. And as good as it is, and as great as it is, and as redeemed as not a slave under a disciplinarian, but as called to be a son or daughter, it still struggles. So we have these disciplines. So that we can hear God say to us, Blessed are those, you, when you hear the word of God and observe it. And don't walk away. And don't give in to the other pull. You were told to give up your cell phone and you felt that tug. Oh, I can't let go. It's a reminder. By all means, do what you have to do to have a good retreat. But when you feel that tug for anything around you in your life, you have to miss the football game on Sunday. You can't watch it. Oh, but I was waiting. You can start to recognize things, weeds growing in our hearts. They start small. If they go unchecked, they get very large and have dominion over your heart. And I can't go away from my cell phone for one hour, much less two days. And my kids don't have my attention anymore because I can't pull myself away from the Facebook or Instagram or whatever it is. And our, you look at the next generation, it's just getting worse. All these things we can do, we're just challenged today to be disciplined in order to be ready to not only hear the word, but observe it. We want to learn to put God's values first. Lastly, I'll just leave off on this. Like God doesn't always need, why does God need to speak to me directly in my head? He's already spoken so much. Have I read it? Have I read his gospel? Have I read and understood where his followers passed on to us these ways of life, these disciplines? He's already said it. Blessed are you if you hear it. Don't ignore it. Don't leave that Bible on your shelf unopened, the catechism on your shelf un- unread, unstudied. Like, he's already said so much. Why does he have to speak to me directly? I mean, he does want to, but even coming to understand his voice through what he's already said, that familiarity with the scriptures, that familiarity with the teachings of the apostolic community that he founded, the church, that allows me to better discern quickly, oh no, no, this is his word. This is his voice and not someone else's because he's always been talking in this way. I've read it in scripture, I see it in the catechism, it matches, I have that extra help to recognize quickly, I know the shepherd's voice and I'm not led astray by wolves in sheep's clothing. I've formed the habits I need to form. I've disciplined my life. I'm putting God's voice around me, surrounding myself with his word, his words. And lastly, a brotherhood. Blessed are you who, recognizing our own private struggles, I put myself in a place not just to hear the word of God, but to be surrounded by people striving to fulfill it with me, which really makes it so much easier to fulfill it on my own. Because I can't easily fulfill it on my own. But if there are those men around me going in the same direction, it makes it so easy to do both the hearing and the following. And our Lord insists, blessed are you. Blessed are you among men. That you learn how to hear the word of God. You surround yourself with the means to act on it, to do it. And what Mary has come to enjoy in the fullness of grace, Hail Mary, full of grace, 
We already participate in the sharing of that same grace, and we are called, like her, to reach the fullness of glory and grace in heaven. May we hear those words. Blessed are all those of you who heard and kept hearing my word and fulfilling it. Amen. Amen. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Pray for us.